Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your G132 Big time preview. We talk about Fighter Fest night one. New Vince McMahon news has dropped, and Zach's going to defend him again. Dolph Ziggler closes out Raw in a very interesting way. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. Zach, you, you going you to defend that man? He always takes the side of the dude, the that's, rich dudes. That's crazy. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Cadillac Coop the Bill. And sitting to my left. I might have already used that one. I don't remember. I don't know. That's still fucking funny. Sitting to my left, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, Jason? <laughs> it's all good, baby. I allow the, the congregation to take a bit as they chuckle. Allowed me to ask you to bow your heads as we read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 265, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the Good Smart Santh hashtag Boo the Heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Great week of wrestling for me personally. I was off for my night job, so I caught up on a bunch of wrestling. Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling being the highlights. Um, God damn, I love wrestling, dude. I just love fucking wrestling. Crowd was uh, actually audible in Japan for the first time that I can remember. So that's uh, a preview of what's hopefully to come from New Japan. So, yeah, a uh, good time for me this week. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beer Zach. What's going on, Two Beer? Yeah, for Western I'm Wisconsin. just so mad Mm-mm. that all of these people Mm-mm. have to side with the victim. Mm-mm. It is so unrealistic. No, no, no. Vince is uh, Vince is going down. He's tossing the breath in Titanic. <laughs> yeah, it's right. all happening. Yeah, and, right. Uh, I'm just here with the popcorn. I'm Michael Jackson's thriller, baby. <laughs> that is the earliest he's heating up we've ever had. Uh, we, uh, hello, Marks. Uh, we are coming at you from steamy St. Charles, Missouri. No, it ain't that bad. It's been I didn't I think sweltering is worse than steamy. I said sweltering a couple weeks Last ago. Last week was sweltering. So I have a big day tomorrow at work, so I'm taking it easy. So I might be a little bit more under control. I'm not gonna threaten the lives of any sitting senators. <laughs> I'm not going to uh use any uh racially ambiguous <laughs> or racially uh ambivalent uh language or anything like that. We're just gonna have a nice clean show. Tubio, that's that's your cue. That means you got to pick it up a little bit more. You know, no more cum jokes, more dick jokes. <laughs> you know, I'm looking to you to pick up the slack for uh, Bill being responsible today. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that too much. Uh, without further ado, is there something I'm forgetting? I feel like there's a part of the intro that I'm not taught, that I'm not saying. Anyway, who cares? Without further ado, let's get to that three count. JCB, kick it off. You act like we got sponsors or something. Um, I just I feel like it takes longer usually. I don't know. I'm off. I'm off. I'm having a weird day. I can pick anything. Anything you want, bro. Anything. I mean, you can do an, another fireworks PSA. 
People are still shooting them off. No, actually, down in South City, they actually stopped. So that's that's a good sign. The cats can actually oh, so go to sleep. It's just gunshots now. Again. Yeah, it's just gunshots. No big deal. Um, let's talk about the bad. I like to uh, fall in the grenade whenever possible. So uh, the one count is going to be Vince McMahon making news in more of a negative way. We've already found out about some hush money that's been paid off. Now we have another round of, well, I shouldn't say another round of incidents, but a, the biggest incident, once again, from the Wall Street Journal, Vince paying a sitting talent um, extra money for some curricular activities when Vince went back for a repeat performance, if you will, said performer <laughs> <laughs> decided not to, to do this again, and that cost said performer a spot in the the hierarchy, so to speak. Her push was not even there anymore. Um, I, I don't even know what to say with Vince at this point. You know, it's it's not like this is a surprise by any stretch of the imagination. We've all heard rumblings and rumors about this person, that person, whatever the case may be. I have just find it kind of funny now where we're getting credible sources that are now jumping to the forefront and making things feel like you know there has some legitimacy to it for lack of a better word i'm not here to pass too much judgment i don't know what it went on behind closed doors i'll just say this a lot of the vince's stuff is starting to come to light and that's good but there has to be some sort of repercussions from this or otherwise this is not going to allow the next person whoever it is male or female because yes there are males that are going through this too it won't allow that next person to be able to come out and say hey what this what happened to me was wrong if you're not going to and and Vince is going to be a hard guy to topple I'm kind of with Bill on this I, I find it extremely difficult to believe that he goes down for any of this him stepping down as CEO is just figurehead shit. You know how this works. You know he's still running shit because he's still going traveling with the WWE. And the booking still sucks. And the booking still sucks. Um, I'm surprised he didn't come out on Friday night. Nah, that's a, I mean, that's what I was going to say. That is a sign that yeah, I think this, this, this round is a little bit more, more serious. serious. And, that, and there, at least somebody in his ear is like, hey, you need to take this a little more seriously and than what making, he's been doing. And they're making it sound like there's more to come. Hey, so you said you're not here to judge. I know somebody that is here to judge. <laughs> T-Rear Zach Pullman, what are your thoughts? I just want to point out that I was laughing at Jason's euphemism and not the idea of uh, a uh, authority figure um, sexually harassing or assaulting a employee. Well, so, I, I tried to clean. I, I, I tried to clean it up as best as possible. I'm just not. I'm not as eloquent as uh, you two guys. You know, I'm not an English major. I don't write my own novels. I just. I just talk some shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you 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 made it funny though, which uh, I do what I can. It was funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other stuff you could almost write off as just being like a billionaire's version of like OnlyFans, where he's just like. Uh, having sex and paying people to not talk about it. Um, you know, a million dollars to him is like literally nothing, but that's 7.5. And with that 7.5, uh, the idea was that there was like coercion and there was a lack of consent. Whoo, that is 
definitely the kind of stuff that uh, takes people down. It's very difficult, I think, not because Vince is Vince, even though he is in a position um, of extreme power there as far as, like, holding so many votes, uh, chairman of the board, CEO, all that kind of stuff. But I think the biggest problem is this is professional wrestling, and people don't care uh, about scandals in professional wrestling because they think of it as lowbrow entertainment. I mean, Harvey Weinstein was a bigger deal than Vince McMahon, and that dude went down. I mean, it took a long time, uh, but he eventually got his comeuppance. That's the only reason um, I think that I'm hesitant to say that Vince will have any major repercussions is because it's it's wrestling, you know, um, which is sad to say. There's so much terrible stuff. Like, they literally made how many seasons of Dark Side of the Ring? Um, like, they could have made that many seasons on Vince alone. That's true. Uh, well, now there is that uh, Netflix documentary that was getting ready to come out, and apparently that was scrapped because of this yeah. latest round of allegations. Sending those, unsolicited, are, those are some repercussions. Yeah, yeah, sending unsolicited dick pics. That's some shit that, you know, Joe Schmo should do. You're Vince McMahon. You're bigger than that. Okay, you're and he's doing shit like that. That to me is like, you know, damn dog, really? Really? That's that's how you going that way? I don't Can you know. imagine Vince getting getting himself like ready, like in front of a mirror to like send a dick pic? Yes, you know, like I can. Some, I, I, can I, I, I 100% can. Is the thing like, like doing doing some push ups before? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fluffing it, like fluffing it up, like ah, it's, it's plastic. Okay. Like we're how gonna, many times we see Vince flex for no reason? Plenty, okay? If he dropped like Stone Cold, you know, he'll be up at the top of the ramp, you know, guns, boys. I could totally see him doing some shit like that. Are you kidding me? Come on. So we, you don't come to Bam from ringside for news, as I say. We're not journalists. You're not going to get any news here. We're, we're, we don't have to belabor this too much because we all know. It does sound like there's more coming. It does sound like there's more coming. I, I really want to see, not even see it. I want to see if someone actually steps, you know, outside of, you know, the the cloak of protection. This I'm filling the blank, and this is what Vince McMahon did to me. That's what I want to see next. I want to see names. I don't even care if it's a some if it's a name I don't even know. I want somebody to own the shit, come out and say, "Hey, this is what Vince McMahon did to me." Well. That's certainly the victim's prerogative. If if somebody were to do that, it would be quite courageous. Also, but now that the now that the tide has started to turn, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, you even heard Mickey James say, "Well, I guess I, that's why I didn't get the push." Right? You know, like there are going to be people that got pushes that may may come out and say it, and I wouldn't be surprised. I that's am, what I want to see. I am especially the ones that didn't get a million dollars, and they're just like, "I did this shit for free." Oh, um, it's, it's actually it's, it's really fucking sad. Oh, um, damn. Um, I will say that when Zach shared this on Friends of BFR, I want to say it was Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Uh, I, for one, was. Sh- <laughs> and again, shocked. <laughs> once again, <that's, laughs> once again, that's not my bit. 
It's not my bit. I Adam Crowley used to do it. Um, but you know, there, there's more coming. Stay tuned. It, it, you know, the other thing. Harvey Weinstein was probably a bigger deal. Harvey Weinstein doesn't have as much money, and I don't know if Miramax was publicly traded, but I know for a fact that WWE is, and I know for a fact that's actually the only reason this this story came out. Like those Wall Street Journal dudes, like their whole thing is investigating publicly traded companies. Yeah, yeah. for shareholders. Yeah, uh, they're not like sensationalist journalists. Like they're just doing this. No, because... this is yeah, this is a news story to them. For somebody that's in charge of a billion-dollar company, probably multi-billion, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's about uh, four billion, I think. Jesus. But uh, you know, it is Vince McMahon is the most important figure in professional wrestling, the industry that this podcast discusses in history. He is the, in history. In, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not close. God, that's just nope. And it is not even close. And this is this should rock the industry. At least it's it's going to rock WWE, who is the behemoth within the industry. So, um, yeah. I just wish. Um, I I would like to hear. I, I know that they they won't and they can't. I would just like to hear more like uh, from talent they can't say anything right uh, but stuff's gonna start coming out like Phil said like as the it's gonna be like a snowball effect and you know that there's people that are wrestling right now that are just disgusted like you think Big E's like sitting there like dude this dude is so like he seems like such a good person like I'm I'm sure there's people that are just ashamed to be connected to that um, even if they knew that there was shady stuff in the past like for all this stuff to like come up, um, it's got to make you feel just gross. Like, I mean, I worked for a company that had like a total sleaze ball in it, and I felt terrible, even like I didn't even like associate with this dude. And this dude got, you know, rightfully uh, accused, and it just like it just it just was gross, just being even associated with that. Um, I just can't imagine how. And you know that they're doing like company rah rah shit. Like they're doing like well, they added really it together, to... which is disgusting. I mean, it's so disgusting that they add together to the then now forever. It's like, nah, I'm not together with you. Mm-mm. Like that's the way those some of these people should be saying is that I'm not together with you. Uh, that guy that Zach is talking about, man, fuck that guy straight to fucking hell. I, I'm not even gonna say his name, yeah, but I know I exactly he who he's talking about, and he is a motherfucker, and I fucking hate him. John Cena reportedly. No, it's not John Cena. I know, I know. <laughs> Zach never worked right, with right, him. Right. He's about to say, John Cena did what? John Cena reportedly, supposedly pulled out of SummerSlam because of this. The Rock's involvement in WrestleMania might be in question because of this latest Vince round of allegations. So, I mean. Oh, those dudes are smart to not. Well, you don't. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They have the if, most to lose. Yeah, if you're The Rock or you're, you're John, if you're John Cena and you're aspiring to be The Rock, the last thing you want to do is be involved in some negative bullshit you don't have to be involved in. Rock is even on a bigger level. 
Black Adam, I'm sure, is getting ready to come out here in a little bit. The last thing he needs on the red carpet is to be asked about Vince McMahon. Is I don't he, want to talk is, about is, that shit. Is Black Adam like some guy from the Indies or something? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's that black version of The Undertaker. <laughs> the, uh, the good, I mean, luckily, even if uh, Rock drops out of WrestleMania, they can always fall back on Roman Brock. You know, why not? <laughs> yeah. It seemed to work the first seven you times. I just have another one. <laughs> uh, I will say before we move on, I know uh, Bill probably will move us on. Uh, good quarterback that he is. Uh, you guys mentioned The Rock, and since we're on WWE stuff, um, there's a really great article in Sports Illustrated that I shared to friends of BFR uh, about Rocky Johnson setting up franchises all throughout Canada, and just uh, he's got like. The Rock has like five half brothers and sisters that just kind of realized that they were, you know, just finally like connected, right? Not just realized that they were like they. A lot of them knew who their uh, that Rocky Johnson was their father, but um, The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, is the only one that he actually ever raised. Um, so it is a crazy article. It's a total roller coaster. Uh, there is a documentary coming out by one of the um, half sisters of the rock who's also in the film industry and it is not about like rocky johnson and the rock or anything like that it's about uh what it's like um to you know be kind of like an abandoned child um just kind of like almost like therapeutic for her kind of exploring her feelings and and stuff like that and i think her her siblings that she's connected with are going to be on it but uh, anyway super interesting the rock hasn't said anything about this no comment from from him, but there's uh, five or six, and um, there could be more. Like these are just the five or six that have actually come out and and said like, yeah, Rocky Johnson's my dad. The headline um, the headline of that article: Bloodline adds five new members. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. Oh, welcome to the Uso. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to that two count. Two here. What's the two count? Uh, two count. We had uh, the first night uh, of Fighter Fest. So Fighter Fest um, is now like a, a two-week special dynamite. As they kind of do these these specialty um, shows. Rampage too, because there, there's going to be some spillover in the uh, Rampage tomorrow, and then on the following Friday as well. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like Fighter Fest originally was like a Bleacher Report only pay-per-view that like Kenny Omega put together with like a gaming company. Um, it was pretty interesting. And it was like before Dynamite was even like a thing. Uh, it was like the only way to see AEW. Like there was like that first Double or Nothing show. And then like mm. the next thing they did was like Fighter Fest. And it was like the only AEW that you could see. So, um, But they've transitioned and now it's like one of the special Dynamites. Uh, but uh, so... The reason I say that and I introduce it like that is it, it was a pretty packed show. Um, I think this was a really good dynamite, uh, all things considered. Uh, AW was not match quality wise, but maybe kind of booking disorientation wise. It's been it's been a little frenetic, let's say, for the past couple of months. Tony buys ROH. They then do a joint pay per view with New Japan just a few weeks after they do one of the biggest shows of the year for, for their company. Uh, so I feel like as much as maybe like um, there, 
they're letting you know things breathe about as much as like uh, an auto asphyxiation erotica person. Like uh, they're breathing like just enough, uh, just to get kind of get you there, but not too much. You, you still alive? Okay, cool, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we opened with a TNT Championship match: Wardlow versus Orange Cassidy. Super interesting match. Very. Uh, you know you. You kind of expect Wardlow to run over guys, but you can't have him run over Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is one of the biggest stars in the company. And, um, you know, they had a pretty long match. Wardlow sold quite a bit for Orange. And even though I don't think anybody thought that Orange was going to beat Wardlow in the end, uh, the crowd really got into this, of course, because they really liked both guys. But there was a moment, I think, particularly the beach break when he hit that. The crowd really popped for the two count. Uh, on that one, so they did kind of get the crowd, even if nobody, even if everybody kind of expected the the they, ending of this. But AEW AEW does a great job of giving the live crowd either a really compelling segment, or usually what it usually is ninety percent of the time a super fresh matchup that they've probably never even considered. And that the crowd's always piping hot and ready to go right at the beginning, and they give him something. And I agree. I thought this was a really interesting match. It was. I, I was curious to see how it played out. I thought that it played out really well. I thought that Wardlow giving him the fist bump at the end was really cool. I also yeah, think you kind of re-cemented him as a baby face because he was getting some booze, not a lot. I was just getting ready but, to say that. Oh, also, real quick, speaking of booze. Taylor pulling out a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you stole my thunder again. Damn. I also <laughs> sorry, want to, sorry. No, okay. I also want to say that as a massive Pixies fan, uh, I always thought the Where's My Mind uh, theme music was just a little off. I want to say that Jefferson Starship Jane is like a money entrance song for orange casting it's so good just it's so good absolutely fucking money i love it it's I, better i always said uh that here comes your man by the pixies would have been great a better yes. choice than yeah. where's my mind but this is even better than that and it's his indie song uh, i never watched him on the indies i'm not that hipster to like lie to you i'm not gonna lie to you uh, but <laughs> thank you, Two Beer, for not lying to us. Jeff- <laughs> Je- the Jefferson Starship song was his indie song. Yep, that's uh, what he came out to. Oh man, that is really good, really good. Just a perfect song for him. Um, I'll just piggyback on just the, some of the thoughts you guys said. I thought, especially in a scenario like this where Warlow is obviously the significantly bigger guy, they played into that. Warlow dominated parts of the match. Orange Cassie had to fight from underneath, so that gave him that underdog, you know, babyface appeal that he kind of already has to begin with, more so in this case. The second thing I wanted to say is kind of what you were talking about. We're talking about fresh matchups. You don't see babyface versus babyface. You don't see heel versus heel. AEW does a really good job. In this scenario, they did a really good job of doing babyface versus babyface because you got two of the most over guys in the company right now facing off for the title okay you don't usually get that and especially you don't get that when it's two on the same side I thought they really played into the fact that Warlow as the bigger guy 
kind of needed to be a little heelish. It wasn't like he was cheating or anything like that. I mean, if anybody was cheating, I mean, fuck, it was the best friends. Like Two Beer said, next thing you know, they were talking about, oh, we're going to cheat. And they're bringing out fucking chainsaws. I'm like, damn, dog, okay, there's cheating and then there's death, okay? There's, you know, we got to draw the line and figure out which side of the line we're going to stay on. Drew McIntyre's using a sword all the time. <laughs> yeah. you, you guys remember Chainsaw Charlie? Uh, like I do the worst gimmick that Terry Funk ever did. Terry Funk, like you could argue, you could argue Terry Funk is like the greatest wrestler to ever live. And I like, I, I will probably like disagree just because I think there's better. But I also won't not dis- I won't not agree with you because he's that good. Dude, so good. Still doing but Chainsaw shit. Charlie was the worst. <laughs> the worst. It was it was a bad Texas uh, Chainsaw Masker uh, takeoff. I'm sorry. Another side here, but. Anytime Terry Funk is brought up on this podcast, I have to do the obligatory remind everybody that when uh, Sam Elliott and Terry Funk are getting ready to fight in Roadhouse and Terry Funk calls Sam Elliott's dad, that they're the exact same age. age. (laughs) Go ahead, Jason. No, that was it. I was going to say that. That was the two things I wanted to touch on. All right. What's next? That's good. All right, moving on, uh, we have Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston promos uh, hyping up the match for next week, which I think will be the main event of Fighter Fest Night 2. Uh, so TNT asked for a gimmick match to go along with Shark Week. Uh, so okay. they obliged, and I really think I really think this is probably the best thing that you can come up with, like, uh, you know, because we're going to get a blow-off to this uh, Jericho and, and Kingston thing. We're going to have a barbed wire everywhere match. Uh, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be awesome because both these guys are awesome. Uh, but really just a you know, couple of promos. Jericho got more TV time. Uh, Kingston was not happy with that in his <clears> promo. <throat> I do love that. I love the realism that Eddie and Moxley bring with their promos. Um, they're 100% real. Like It doesn't feel like they're playing a character. It doesn't feel like... They're anything but what they are. Uh, and either they just are, which is awesome, or they're just that good to where you just can't tell, which is even awesomer. And I mean, both are both are phenomenal. Every segment with Britt Baker and her little faction feels like Shark Week theme to me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. I was going to say. in the water. <laughs> I was going to agree with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You don't know the joke about Shark Week? No. About when women spend too much time together and they start, they all start menstruating at the same yeah. time. And so that. Blood in the water. Okay. It's called Shark Week because they're all menstruating at the same time. That's a goddamn shame. Man, y'all fucked up. That's some fucked up shit. <laughs> Jokes are always better when you have to explain them. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sorry, I'm out of the loop. I apologize. Uh, I, I'm just going to piggyback on what Zach said. When Eddie cut his promo, and don't get me wrong, Jericho did his thing. The Painmaker's coming for next week. Okay, great. Fantastic check. Eddie's is just totally different. He made me believe that he was pissed off at Jericho. You fucked up my Ruby, and now I'm going to have to fuck you up. There is going to be so much bloodshed next week. He it's made me be believe silly. that he was pissed off at Tony Khan. He was like, yeah. "Oh, so he gets it's this five ma- minutes?" Yeah. And a, okay, oh. fine, fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean Eddie Kingston the, is a he's a gem. He's it's a treasure. The little stuff like that, and I don't know if Eddie Kingston's ever going to be world champion. He needs to at least be mid card champion at some point. I mean, at some I, point, I would like to see him be world champion at some point. I do like that Jericho came out by himself. He did not need the Jericho Appreciation Society for this 
particular promo no. for something that feels this personal. Yeah, it's like, a, it's clearly a blood feud, and it will be you yeah. know that coming next week. Leave the comedy act back there for sure. I was reading something uh, where I, I wish I could remember the wrestler, but uh, they were just essentially saying like Eddie Kingston really kind of is what you see. They're like, when I would pick this dude up for shows, he would just be standing on the curb smoking a cigarette with his wrestling boots in his hand. Like he just, that's all he would bring. Like he would just change his shoes before he got in the ring. <laughs> it's just so awesome. Um so, uh, yeah, that's a good segue. Uh, real quick, uh, Kingston had a phenomenal match uh, with uh, Kanosuke yes. Takashita, yes. who is, like, my new favorite wrestler. I am so in love. I love Kanosuke Takashita as much as he loves Cinnabon, and that's a lot. So, uh, if you check his Twitter, dude loves Cinnabon. That's, like, okay. his favorite I, part about America. Okay, I was just going to say, I like Cinnabons, too. I didn't even think he was... It's that deep, but you know what else? Clive, shit, do your thing, man. No, Bag up the Cinnabon. He, he loves them. If I ever met him, I'd give him a Cinnabon gift card. I, I don't even know. I'd, I'd have to go to the airport or something to find one, but I'd, I'd find it. I'm more uh, of a Sabaro anyway. guy. Maybe Auntie Anne's. Uh, <laughs> Auntie Anne's is good. I feel like any Sabaro that I'm at, I just have the possibility of running into Enzo. Ugh, hard pass. <laughs> you made me watch. Stop watching 205, motherfucker. Oh, shit. Uh, but, yeah, they had a fantastic match, and uh, Kingston went over uh, two spinning back fists, like, literally falls down because uh, Takashita hit him with a, a flying knee and, like, falls down and lands on him for the pin. But they did some, like, Jumbo Saruta, mm-hmm. uh Misawa spots at the beginning, which is one of the most memorable Japan matches, like, of all time. It was super fun callback. Like, uh, I love that. But, anyway, uh, so Takashita is facing Moxley. This is the highlight of the show for me. Absolutely love this match. These guys went out there and absolutely killed it. Takashita is such a superstar. I wanted him to win so bad. The crowd wanted yeah, him to win I was so bad. Moxley was, get, was getting a little booze here, too. Truth be told. Dude, totally. I mean, like, he did, like, we were talking about, like, oh, man, only Hiroshi uh, Tanahashi can get John Moxley booed. Shit. Guess what? <laughs> Takashita did the same shit two weeks later. Like, like I'm sitting that's how watching good it. This guy is. I'm watching it. I'm hearing. I'm. And I'm. You know. I'm. You know. On the recliner. You know. I'm watching this shit. You know. Smoking or whatever. And I'm like, Are they booing Mox? So I rewound yep. it and then turn it up again. I'm like, It's it's real faint, but it's still enough to where I'm like, Damn, they booing Mox yeah. again. That's crazy. When he that- when he hit that frog splash, everybody thought that it was over, yeah. and they were not happy that it wasn't. And, I mean, they still cheered when Moxley tapped him out, uh, but it was a definitely, like, split crowd. And, I mean, for my money, I'd had Takashi to go over, uh, especially because it was a non-title match. Uh, just make the kid. Um, I mean, he is – he's everything. I think, like, he's, like – he could be the next Tanahashi. I was thinking about that – on the way over here today, and I, and I was getting a little discouraged because I didn't think he was going to win. Because Tony Khan came out, I guess it was either yesterday or he came on uh, busted open yesterday afternoon in some form or fashion. He tweeted and then restate reinstated it on uh, busted open where he was basically saying that if Takashita won, that he would get a AEW World Title chance. So I was like, okay, you know. It at least makes it, you know, with some stakes on the line. I'm totally cool with that. But I still didn't think he would win, okay? Now, the part about him 
you know, getting over, going over versus going over, whatever the case may be. I was getting a little discouraged because every time I see him, at least the last couple of times, Eddie Kingston, L, Moxley, L, both make sense, you know, especially Moxley. You're not good. As much as I want to see it, it's just probably not going to happen. I have to remind myself this is basically like his excursion. So he's not going to win the way I think he should win or maybe the way I want him to win. Okay. I want to go back and watch him in DDT. That's probably the more actual representation of what he is. Okay, he's probably not getting signed to AEW. I kind of don't want him to get signed with AEW. Like I said, this roster is loaded even with guys out. It's still a loaded-ass roster. I'm just not sure where he would fit. The fact that we're this forbidden door is already open, you got New Japan in the mix. Maybe you can get No in the mix, DDT in the mix, and then work it where it's like, you know, a rotating, you know, Times Square door. It's not just an open and closed door. It's just rotating guys in and out. Ultimately, well, you that, know, Kenny, Kenny has great DDT connections. Right. And also, like, I mean, Thunder Rosa was just on Tokyo Joshi, which Oof. was the same company. So. Lord have mercy. That was a good-ass match. But, yeah, ultimately, I loved it. It gave me Wheeler Yuta Moxley vibes. It wasn't as intense as that match. Because that made Weirdly you to who he is right now, but it kind of made me start to think about, yeah, this is this looks familiar. This looks like Weirdly you versus Moxie. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I like I said, I'm just trying not to get discouraged because I want to see him take down somebody big in AEW before he leaves. But probably not going to happen. Right on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Luchasaurus and Christian Cage come out so. Uh, Christian's got a, a new turtleneck, but the same old act. Um, <laughs> hey, look, Christian Cage has stepped up to the plate, okay? In MJF's totally. absence, he has been the heat magnet of AEW. And he did it again. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, just like just like Jungle Boy, young Brian, he's like, you too had a dad. Mm-hmm. You know, just. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, just, here we go. <laughs> Barry's. Barry's Brian Pillman, you know, never a world champion. Um, and, uh, like, just he's like, I think he would he would be happy that I'm speaking for him right now. Like, which is so, well, he did say uh, ridiculous. He didn't exactly bear him. He said, I think that he was average at best. best. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 You know. Motherfucker. I was <laughs> like, God damn, dog. You just going to disrespect that man like that? That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I did think it was funny that um, – he said that Griff looked like Jungle Boy, which in that picture he totally did. Oh yeah, um, and it, well, they put Jungle stuff behind him, right? That was that it, was Christian, but obviously to you know set Luchasaurus off, which leads us into the match. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you know, is it a stretch? Maybe, but it accomplished the goal of just having Luchasaurus just go the fuck off, and that's what you want at this point because Luchasaurus is now Christian Cage's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, we got more of that. Um, pretty simple, you know, squashing. Squashing those dudes, fine. They're both young. They got potential, but um, it's, like, totally fine for them. Like, I'm happy that uh, Luchasaurus is, is a monster. Um, it's good. Canosaurus is what I call him now. Lucha Kane. He's got the, I was about to say, I like Lucha Kane better, yeah. Well, he's Christian heavy. Or, I call him Tyson Tomkoosaurus. <laughs> Zach might not have been watching at that point, but Christian used <laughs> to have a, was, Christian used to have a heavy big guy named Tyson Tomko. 
Oh, I was trying to parse that out. I'm like, I don't think I was around for that one. No. Uh, speaking of stuff I wasn't around for, I was not around for Jake Hager and Claudio Castagnoli uh, or Cesaro being a team. They were a team in WWE, though, right? The Real Americans. Yeah, with... The uh, Real Americans. With Zeb, Zeb Coulter, a.k.a. Uh, Dutch Mantel, we as, as the their, people as their as their manager <laughs> and his little in his little uh, scooter. That that's a gimmick I thought could have got over and didn't <laughs> didn't never get over. What are you talking? No, they were over. They were they were tag that, champs for a long time. Were they? Oh yeah. Man, okay. God damn! Now I gotta look it up. Make sure I'm right. <laughs> Go ahead, two beer. Yeah, so I was not around uh, for that. I know they have history. They had a good promo exchange last week, mm-hmm. and they had a really good match. I thought this was excellent. They're both, like, bigger dudes than what you normally see in AEW, and they had, like, a really fun, like, big guy match. Um, not, like, a big heavy guy match, but, not you know, the, they, they not both the, have uh, power. The, not the big E uh, slap, uh, big guy slapping meat match, but it, it was no, more like a but hybrid. but they're both powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. for sure, and... Where you can see like Jake Hager doing a Hager bomb, or like um, Claudio jumping off the middle rope and doing like a a corkscrew elbow, you know that's shit. Like you know cruiserweights, junior heavyweights, whatever you want to call them, that's the shit that they do. These are legitimate two fifty, two sixty guys, and they're doing the things that little guys are doing. That's what I thought was the, a good part of that match. I knew that Claudio was going to win, but I, just, I wanted to see how this went unfolded. It didn't disappoint. Yeah, and I mean, I thought it was just, initially I was just like, oh, J.K., okay. I actually haven't even seen him wrestle like a whole lot, uh, you know, one-on-one right. in singles matches. Um, and it ended up being a fantastic opponent for him. Uh, so this was this was a unexpected delight. For sure, for sure. I was going to say, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed for Claudio. I Good expected start. it. I'm just going to say I expected it. I expected Claudio, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I don't think... Anybody is That's not how they say it, but okay. they they all say it differently than each other, though. Too like, I don't know. Man. That's right. He's... However, Jr. says it is probably the way. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> um, Leave my man alone. He's you know he's down to like an hour, but it's between shows. You just bring him out for big matches now. I mean, damn, we just phasing my boy on out the box. No, he's got so he, he's doing the last hour of dynamite so that he does the whole show of Rampage, and he was never on Rampage before, so he's still doing two hours, um, but just one hour of dynamite. I, I saw a little thing um, with him, uh, just a, a blurb from his podcast, which can be good um, depending on the guest, but um, he basically said that he gets a great reaction from the crowd, and it's usually off camera. Uh, every show because they start filming like dynamite, you know, they don't, they, in like Tony was just like, why don't we just like put this reaction in the show? It's like, it'll boost the show. Like, uh, so he's pretty much doing that to, to boost the show, get the pop. And then also to boost rampage, uh, because rampage needs a little, little boost. Yeah. He's got cool music uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Cause he's such a, a Sooners fan. He's such a college football guy. Why does that bother you so but, much? Hello? Never mind. It's it's a Florida State thing. Go ahead. 
Yeah, like nah. I said. What, what, I'm sorry, Mizzou. As my, as my daughter would say. <laughs> okay, see, I, I, I ain't going to disrespect my niece, but I'm just going to say, <laughs> never mind. Go ahead, TV. I ain't going to get this off track. Uh, we had uh, Anna J versus Serena Deeb, which was okay. Um, it, there were some spots that weren't great, but um, they nice did give Anna J a – uh, a lot, especially she got that choke on her a couple of times where the crowd kind of got into it at the end thinking Anna Jay might choke Serena Deeb out, but of course she did not. So um ended like you would expect it to. Uh, and then uh, Mercedes Martinez came out because they did like a beat down afterwards. So we're going to get, and she's the ROH champion, so we're going to get Serena Deeb versus Mercedes Martinez at Death Before Dishonor. So uh, this pay-per-view looks pretty good. Like I'm not spending 50 bucks on it. I won't even spend 30 bucks on it. If it was on Honor Club, I'd sign up for Honor Club. Like, they still, like, we're, like, a week and a half away from this thing, and I don't even know how to watch it. Um, they got to get their ROH shit together. Like, I know it's a lot to do, but maybe don't do a show if I don't know how to watch it. Um, if I'm not know. mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Fight TV. That's where ROH was before... They closed their doors. They did a weekly show on uh, Fight TV, and I'm pretty sure you can see the replays of their pay-per-view, so I would go to Fight TV first. Um, secondly, just a match with Anna Jay versus Serena Deeb. I'll echo my niece, Edna May. <laughs> okay, look, it's not a knock against Serena Deeb. This is more against really Anna Jay than any, anything else, okay? It's... <laughs> She just needs to stick with dark and dark elevation for a little bit. She's green, and it, and it came out a couple of times in this match. The fact that, you know, she had her finisher on, the fit, or finishing uh, submission on the, the first time, and there wasn't a crowd reaction was not necessarily a good sign. The second time when she took her down to the mat, that's when the crowd got into it. Ultimately, this just sets up. Serena D versus Mercedes Martinez on the 26th. I don't even think you needed the match to do that. That match, Serena D versus Mercedes Martinez is basically set. I don't think you needed to have this match to set up or continue the storyline, better choice of words, for that title match on the 26th. John Gresham yeah, went, uh, went heel on dark. I thought that was very interesting. We didn't talk about Rampage. that. Rampage. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, you're on Rampage. I got nothing to say about Anna J versus Serena Deeb. Yeah, no need. Uh, so we also had uh, the we had a segment, you know, with the baddies in the back, which is a little little funny. Um, Shark quickly out the leg. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was pretty good. Okay, that was funny. Quickly out the was funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, Sorry, man. I'm I, a little slow to come up sometimes. Terrible. terrible, terrible. I had a uh, I, I went. I went on a work retreat uh, whenever I was working for a beer distributor back home and we went to Chicago and one of the dudes uh, just immediately downloaded uh, Bumble, which is a dating app. And he like handed me his phone and he's like, Hey, he's like, I gotta make, I gotta run out here. He's like, will you just like, I don't know, swiping right. Is that, is that where you swiping right is good. Swiping left is bad. Yeah. He's like, just swipe right. He's like, just keep swiping right. He's like, just swipe right. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, chum in the waters, bro. Like, he's just wanting, he was just like swiping right on everything in like a 50 mile radius, hoping that he would get 
kids because we were in town for like two days. And uh, he definitely did not. I shared a hotel room with him. He wasn't there the whole time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a life. What a fucking yeah. life for single people. What, what's the name of this app? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Grinder. Right. <laughs> um, Which so is fine. Not there's a... anything wrong with that. Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever. Uh, Just I, I, said, I said I was going to be calm and PC, and now I'm making that... period jokes. And making fun of gay people. I was getting ready to say, just not my bag, baby. I'm like, oh, Jason loves the ladies. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. I'm terrible. You are. You, you even smoked weed. <laughs> no. I'm, all I've had is a natural light. <laughs> that's the problem. I mean, that's the that's the, the juice of prejudice. Holy shit. Um, but uh, three-way dance for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Uh, this was uh, pretty good, as you would expect it to be. Dampened a little bit. Uh, Matt Jackson got a singer. Uh, there's like a vertical suplex spot, which was not even like a spot, like a crazy spot. But And you could tell he was kind of taking it easy, and they were taking it easy with him. But uh, there was a lot of fun spots in this match. And really, the big story is uh, – Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee win the AEW Tag Team titles, which I was not expecting at all. Um, I feel like this whole thing we're leading up to Young Bucks and FTR for all the gold, and then now suddenly Young Bucks do not have any gold. And uh, they did not lose the match, though. Uh, I forget who got pinned. I don't know if it was Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs, but it was one of those dudes. So... Um, I mean, this was an interesting development. Uh, I mean, definitely Star the Scott crowd. Band. Right on. So, yeah, it was uh, pretty wild. And, I mean, Swiss Strickland and Keith Lee are a great tag team, and they can be great champions. But I feel like the money matches FTR versus the Young Bucks. So either Young Bucks gets these back or FTR beats, you know, Swerve and um, – Keith Lee, I feel you know. I just feel like the money matches those guys for all this gold. Like I really want to see this match, and I feel like a lot of people do too. I don't know what you guys think about it. I was very surprised at the outcome of this match. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. It it's a Bill Vegi special tri- triple threat. Oh, so. Uh It was also the Young Bucks know how to have a match with almost no downtime, and there was almost no downtime in this. I mean, it was chaos. From front to back. I think my favorite spot was when Swerve Strickland used uh, Keith Lee as a springboard to do a backflip onto three guys. I certainly didn't see them coming because there was a point in the match where the ref was knocked out, ref bump, and the and Swerve had one of the titles and started staring at Keith Lee like he was going to hit Keith Lee over the head with it decided against it and right then I was like well they're the only team that won't win this and there was there was probably five minutes left in the match at that point which fi- that they that packed last a- five minutes <laughs> they, pa- crazy. they packed a lot into five minutes but I was like okay I could still I, I I heard before I watched this match that the plan was for the Hardys to win the belts off the Bucks and so it seems like what the Bucks did was Kind or 
Wait, what was that a triple threat too? That was a that was supposed to be a triple threat. Yeah, and they took the next one. Jeff got uh, right. jammed up, so they took him off. Right, and Bucks I heard one at awful Luchas, uh, Jurassic. And Express. really, what the Bucks did was, you know, they're the bosses, and they decided to be transitional champions, which makes sense because they obviously have plans for FTR that don't involve FTR versus the Bucks. So now it looks like we're getting FTR versus, boy, this. Well, they got the Briscoes first. Yeah, I was getting right. ready to say, first things first. But this title, this name for the Swerve and Keith Lee tag team is, holy shit, one of the worst names that I can what think What is of. it? Swerve and Our Glory? Swerve and My Glory, right? Swerve, Swerve, and, our, Swerve and Our Glory, I whatever. guess. Whatever. I mean. Terrible name. Not a big fan of it, but I mean. That's I, I, dirt work. I've heard worse. I can look past this because the team is actually good. The team is great. Okay. Yes, the team is unbelievable. And finally, they let Keith Lee kind of unleash some of the shit that he can do that makes him Keith Lee. Keith Lee, you know, that makes him the guy that you can't turn away from. Right. Uh, what do they call what he calls himself undeniable, right? Limitless. Limitless. Okay. So. He did that swan, or he did that flip over the top rope onto those guys. That's the kind of shit that I want to see from Keith Lee, and he never does it. I was glad to see it. I was pleasantly surprised with the the title change. I would have been happy with them putting it on Starks and Hobbs, though. Also, that would have been the team I would have put money on if it wasn't the Bucks retained. Me too. Uh, but this match was legit, fucking awesome. I actually could have used another seven, eight minutes of it. It was like 13 minutes. I mean, 20. Really? Yeah, I think 20 minutes would have been good. I mean, I, it was I know it's not a paper. Yeah, it was It was pretty late. I yeah. guess it was kind of late into the uh, the show. Um, if this was a 15-minute match, they, they packed it in for 15 minutes. I don't have a problem with what they did. I'm like with you guys. I'm surprised that the Bucks dropped the titles. I was, I'm, you know, two beer had me all basically psyched up, you know, all out was going to be FTR versus the Bucks, and it still very well could be. We might just be taking a different route going that way to do it. For my money, I would like to see, you know, um, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks win it, but I don't have a problem with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland winning it. I still think Swerve ultimately turns on him, and I think that's part of how we get there. It's just now they're champions first. So, like I said, at the end of the day, it was a surprise. The The Bucks being a, a transitional champion just doesn't even sound right to me. I don't think I could, you know, those transitional champions and young Bucks in the same sentence is just weird. But I'm going to let this thing play itself out and see if we get the match, like Tubier said, is the money match. FTR Bucks, everything, chips in the middle, at all out in uh Chicago in September. We'll see. Right on. That was dynamite. Rushed off the air after that, and yeah, they really did rush off the air. It's. I, I wish they would just. I wish the dynamite would let some stuff breathe. Some sometimes, or you know maybe, what I mean, or do it like they do raw. Sometimes give it an extra five or eight eight minutes. You know what I'm saying? Go to you know nine oh eight or whatever. So, you know, people's DVR is going to be jacked up, but. I'd rather see that versus a rushed finish. Right. Uh, okay, let's move on to that three count.
I can't believe you guys let this one fall into Bill's count. I thought for sure you were going to go with the G1. I wanted to. Then I thought that Zach was going to go with the G1, but never. Nevertheless. He's, a, he's Mr. AEW. Nevertheless, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the, Bill's Super Bowl. It is well. It's the true WrestleMania. It's what I say every year. It's the true WrestleMania. We have the G one that starts on July the sixteenth, which is two days away. So we will have three G one <laughs> nights to discuss next week. Oh, can't wait next week on the podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna break this down a little bit, boys. And but the first thing that I'm gonna ask you guys. As a, I think this is my fourth G1 watching, and so I think it's probably your fourth G1 watching, right? I think we all watched the, the first ones together and been watching them since. Yeah, so fourth or fifth. The, the traditional format is two blocks of 10, 20 wrestlers, two blocks of 10. Each block is a round robin. The winners face off in the finals. This year, it's a little different. It is four blocks of seven, so there are 28 wrestlers. Now, we'll go through the blocks here in a minute, and I'm going to ask for a pick as we go along, and I'm going to mark down the picks just so that we have it, okay? Right. But the first thing that I'm going to ask you guys is, are you a fan? Because it used to be there'd be five mat- five tournament matches a night. Now, everybody fights every night. This is a This is a long month for everybody involved. But it used to be there were five matches a night, each block, has a match, right? Or each each night is one block. A block would have one night. B block would be the next night. Thank you. A block, B block. It's the most concise way you could say it. I don't know why I was having a hard time with it. This time, night one is going to have a block A match, block B match, block C match, block D match. Um, are we a fan of this format, Jason? I'll ask you first. Um, because because it, it changes it up. I'm I'm am more of a, a traditionalist kind of guy. The way that well, you have such a history with it, you know. The way three whole that years. it is, <laughs> the way that is it was presented to me is usually the way I like it. In this scenario, it gives me pause to cause because now you're going to have a legitimate semifinal where it's four guys and then a final with two guys. I just I don't have a problem with this just because I'm seeing more guys that are that weren't there before. Jonah, Tom Lawler, um, Juice Robinson was was in but out. Kenta is back. So Lance Archer's coming back. So for me, I don't necessarily it's getting the New Japan roster involved because obviously you got guys coming in and out, but then the guys that are there, I think you can spread them out more. You can get more gaijins into the tournament. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Zach, what do you think? Um, I don't have any problems with it. A couple bonuses that I like about it are the guys are not wrestling as many matches, so it's going to be less difficult on their bodies uh, because they're only wrestling, you know, six matches instead of nine. And also, losses mean more when there's only seven participants per block so that those are some positive aspects um if you're kind of poo-pooing no, the format well said no the, i like the losses mean more because now 
a first loss, it's going to be, you know, a little bit of, you know, water in the boat. A second loss could be catastrophic. If we did it the way two blocks of 10, usually, you know, 10 points is usually a good start. So that's what, five wins? Okay, so you're losing maybe two or three matches. A third match is not the end of the world. The fourth match is usually if you lose that fourth match, that's where you're out. A third match is probably where you're out at this point because, like Tubier said, it's not as many people in the block, so you don't have a chance to make up a Yano loss because somebody's going to lose the Yano. They ain't got no business losing the Yano, so you're going to have to be able to make that up in some form or fashion. So in that scenario, I have to agree with Tubier. I really like the fact that it's the four blocks of seven versus the two blocks of ten. Well, here's the thing that's – Here's the counter to that. Now, I I totally get what you're saying, that loss means more. I'll also say that if you run through your block, like historically you can be like, there's only so many people that have gone through undefeated. But if somebody goes through undefeated this time, like there's one guy in particular that I think is going to go undefeated. I agree too. um, That it doesn't mean as much because he only had six matches. The other thing is – You talking about Yano? (laughs) <laughs> the other thing is no. the other thing is you have a guy like Jonah who I think is fighting on the third night and doesn't fight another tournament match for another six nights or something like that like like there are it's like Great O'Conn doesn't have his first match until like night seven and then he has a match every three nights so kayfabe style that's better for him because he's going to be able to get into a rhythm and maybe non-kayfabe style too maybe shoot style that's going to be better for him before because you can get into a rhythm you know it's like you know how pitchers have off days and shit like that that being said i do like the idea of having semifinals in a final and i also like the idea of having more guys in it i personally i would probably lean towards having two blocks of 10 because I want to see more of a round robin. I want to see everybody fight everybody. everybody. You know, there the D block has three Bullet Club guys. Uh, bad. Uh, it's uh, Ujiro, uh Juice, and El Fantasmo. And A block only has one Bullet Club guy. Bad Luck Fale. There are tons of stories that could be told there. Now those three Bullet guys are Bullet Club guys are probably not the most. Uh, they don't have the most juice. No pun intended, <laughs> but they're not—they're not the type of guys that are that consequential in terms of the Bullet Club, right? No. Now maybe Juice is El Fantasma's no, making it's his. Gonna be, it's going to be intriguing to see what he does in the D block. Oh, there's going to be. Imagine Juice has as much juice as he does dating Tony Storm. I mean, I'd look like a mummy. I'd be so dehydrated. <laughs> let's go through. Let's go through these blocks. We're going to go through. We're going to go through block by block. Okay. I want you guys to tell me what match matches you're looking forward to the most and who you think is going to win the block. So the A block, all right? We have Lance Archer of AEW fame. We have Bad Luck Fale. We have Tori Yanu. Fuck Yanu. Sorry, I had to say it. Jeff Cobb, Jonah, Tom Lawler, and Kazuchika Okada. Kazuchika Okada, and I, I'm going to go first because I have to go take a pee, but Kazuchika Okada... And Jeff Cobb is night one. That is the main event in night one. Now, you have to think. 
that those are the two favorites. Okada is clearly the favorite. It's hard to bet against Okada in that one. Jeff Cobb, it would be, if you were a betting man, the guy that you would bet on second. That is a match that I'm looking very much forward to, and I'm going to be staying. You know, I haven't been on Twitter in two days. Staying completely off it. I've I've only been on Facebook once in the last two days. I feel so much better. I remember when I was like you guys, you know, like obsessed with social media, but it's not me anymore. You know, it feels <laughs> feels good to be above it all. But it should be easy to uh, it should be easy to steer clear of the spoilers. But I'm going to go first. I am going to take the chalk here. I'm going to say that I'm going to take Okada, and I'm going to say that the match that I'm the the match that I'm probably looking forward to the most. Well, there's two matches I'd say I'm probably looking forward to the most. I'm looking forward to Tom Lawler versus Okada, and I am looking forward to Jeff Cobb versus Jonah. Because when we talk about big meaty men slapping meat, Jeff Cobb and Jonah are the two guys we were thinking of. And if you're listening, and you don't hope Jonah is. He was formerly known as Bronson Reed in NXT. Zach, you go next. Uh, yeah. Bill kind of stole my thunder on the matches most looking forward to. I know that Filthy Tom has to be rubbing his hands together uh, getting a match with Okada. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Filthy Tom's a really good wrestler. Good personality, too. I'm a fan. But, uh, you know, of course, Okada Cobb is going to be great, too, and I love that they're giving us that night one. Uh, I think I'm going to go against the grain a little bit, almost maybe even against my own better judgment. Uh, and, you know, I know Okada won it last year. That doesn't mean that he's automatically disqualified. I mean, you can win it two years in a row. Bushi, you know, did that. Okada's Okada. I think Cobb beats Okada on opening night because Okada beat Cobb last. I think he's, I don't know if Cobb's beaten Okada yet. I don't. Uh, I think he has. I want to say he did. It was a, a build towards their Wrestle Kingdom match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he probably he probably did beat him once. Once um, I want to say it's been one time, but I mean it's not been where like you know obviously with the title on the line last year, Cobb lost to Okada and basically the the semifinal of the uh, the A block where they wrestled and, the, you know, the winner won the block. Okada won, obviously, so, you know, he went on and won the uh, the whole tournament. Um, I only think that Jeff Cobb has beaten Okada the one time. That makes that makes sense. I just have COVID brain. I don't know if you'd be deep here, but uh, I'm going to take Cobb to win that match, and I think that's going to be the main story of the block. But I think Okada is going to – win a block i'll pick okada as my winner for the block uh, but i think that's going to be a fun i think they're going to be kind of neck and neck and it might come down to a draw situation or something but uh yeah um shit this is the okada block of death and you know i, I said it a couple times uh leading up to this lance archer versus jonah would be interested in Lance Archer versus Cobb I would be interested in you know we already said Jeff Cobb versus Jonah um, Tom Waller versus Okada I even hate to give this motherfucker any kind of credit but I'm going to give him the credit in this scenario 
Yano is going to be the wild card in the A block. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Jeff Cobb does beat Okada in the opening night, uh, night one or whatever, the G1. At some point, then Jeff Cobb would probably have to drop a match. Yano is that guy that you drop a match to unexpectedly. Somebody always slips on the banana peel. Okay. So, if Jeff Cobb beats Okada night one, I can easily see that happening. I can see the reverse happening. The winner of night one is, I'll go this far, my first prediction of G1-32. The winner of night one loses to Yano eventually, whenever they meet. I like that. I like that. Because now it evens them back up, and then you can kind of go from there. But it's going to be hard for me to go. I, I picked Jeff Cobb last year. I can't do it this year. I'm going with you guys. I'm going to pick Okada to win a block. All right. Everybody's got Okada. I mean. I want to pick Jeff Cobb so bad. I just don't. Do it. I just don't think. I, I want to. I just I don't think do he it. will. I don't think he will. I just don't think he will. You're a nerd. All right. So let's move on to the B block. All right, so the B block is Jay White, Tamatanga, Tamahiro Ishii, Taichi, Great Okan, Chase Owens, and Sanada. All right, uh, Jason, you went last that time. We'll let you go first this time. This feels like the revenge block on Jay White. A lot of guys in this block have beef with Jay White in some form or fashion or the, the other. Sanada. Not as much of beef, but lost to Jay White. Tamatanga, obviously, disposed from Bullet Club. Uh, Ishii, when Jay White decided he was going to quit, he decided to come back and attack Ishii first. So, for me, this is all about Jay White. And can any one of these six other guys beat Jay White? Other matches I'm looking forward to. Ishii versus everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think Ishii's going to be the star of this whole fucking uh, B-block. Great Okan, I'm looking forward to have some good matches. I want to see him against Jay White. That's ultimately the measuring stick. But at the end of the day, I really think Jay White runs the table and goes the B-block undefeated. I'm taking Jay White going 6-0 and undefeated in the B-block. Two beer. Uh, yeah, I've got Jay White winning the block. I do think you probably beat him once just to set up uh, a title match in the interim. Um, Okay, so everybody, I'm assuming you're going to take Jay White as well, correct? Yeah, I took Jay White for the block. No, I was was talking to Bill. He's talking to me. Yeah, I was taking him to go undefeated. Okay, so. That's who I was talking about. So let's. Same as you. Let's say for the sake of argument. He does lose one match in the B block. Zach go first. Who does he lose the one match to to set up an interim title match? You know, if it was another year, I would say Sonata. But I think it's not like a big headline marquee match. But I think it's Tamatanga. Mm. I like that pick. I love that pick. I, I, I love I love it a lot. I, I was gonna say Great Okan. I that was gonna be my guess too until he said Tamataga. I love Tamataga. Yeah, and you know Jay White Tamataga is a. It's not a bull club match because they kicked Tamataga out, but 
it is a Bullet Club match. For sure. You know, and it would it's be... It's an a, original Bullet Club member versus the guy that kicked him out. Yes, and it would be a intriguing... Uh, and Tamatanga has shown... I don't want to say progress. He's looked really good as a singles wrestler. I mean, quiet as it's kept. I mean, because we haven't seen Carl Anderson, but Tamatanga was the never open weight champion before he lost to Carl Anderson. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I mean... There is some precedence, I guess, for a lack of a better term, for him being a, a singles guy. If he beats Jay White, that's more that's better for Tama Tonga than it is for Jay White. That you can like Tubier said, you can make the match down the line, Jay White goes over and then you move towards Russell Kingdom. If there's one guy that could beat Jay White that I would want to see Jay White go down to is Tama Tonga. What's a low key low key match that you're looking forward to in this block? Sonama Tomataga. Um Chase Owens, I think, can always – Tai Chi is in this mix. So, Tai Chi, I, I expect as long as he's healthy. He, his problem last year is we, he was coming down the stretch and he, he was just not healthy. He, he had a bunch of bad matches in a row. Tai Chi is a guy that if Jay White went around, I would love to pick him. But I think Tai Chi is going to have some good matches too. Him and Jay White is intriguing. Yeah, yeah this, I, I got to admit, this – this block doesn't really. Doesn't really I don't do think it's meant to. That doesn't really do it for me. I, I I guess like Tai Chi Jay White would probably be the low key match that I'm looking forward to the most. But how can you say it's low key when it's got the champion? When you have Tai Chi versus Jay White, two guys that usually don't cross paths unless it's in a, in a multi man match. Now it's a singles match. It's a, a opportunity for Tai Chi to get a chance that he probably would never get, you know. Zach, is there a match that you're looking forward to? I just kept thinking uh, while you guys were talking that I never realized that Tai Chi is just Chai T transposed. It's <laughs> uh, really funny. But uh, I'll go with JCB's uh, sentiment of Ishii versus everybody. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of these days, though, it's going to be – I mean, Ishii's coming to the end of his G1 run, and one of these days he's going to lose more matches than he wins. In fact, that probably happened last year. I think last year he only had six points or something. I, anyway, but Ishii should never lose to – well, he should never lose to Flabby as Chase Owens. No. But, <laughs> no. Should never lose to boring-ass Sonata. Chase Owens is uh... – Moniker is named after a blood money show in Saudi Arabia. The crown jewel. <laughs> Bullet Club. Really got to change that up. That's really funny. That's Looking like the, the bag of milk that you get out of a hotel vending machine. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, what the fuck? You get, how you know what milk comes out of vending machine? Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. You know, like it's got the little hose that comes out for your like shitty cereal and your shitty little styrofoam bowl. And just like... You hope it's refrigerated. <laughs> All right. It's a bag of milk. So this this is the block of death. Oh, shit. The C block seems to me the block of death. And it seems to me like there are probably five guys that could legit come out of here. So it's Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, Evil, Godo, Hanare, and Tanahashi. Zack We've both had a chance to go first. Zach, going to let you go first here. Who are you picking to win this block, and 
what is the low key match that you were looking forward to the most? There's a few in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say sorry for the body shaming. Uh, not cool, even if it was funny. But uh, the C block is like legit awesome. There's gonna be some amazing matches in here. Block um, of death. Yeah, do not sleep on Aaron Hanari either. I think he's really motivated to show himself in the C block here. And, oh, man, I think, like, you know, talk about sleeper matches, like Aaron Hanari, Goto. That sounds really fun. (laughs) You stole my thunder. Ah, sorry. (laughs) All right, man, go ahead. The only two guys that can't win the block. I think it would be a really good match, and I think it's going to be a really good match. That's what Yoshihashi and Goto gave us last year. It was like one of the matches of the entire G1. Yeah, it it felt like a throwaway match, and then all of a sudden it turned out to be a barn burner. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, that's why you gotta like watch all these matches because like they have the potential to just be it's like. It's gonna be easier this year. There's only four matches per night instead of five matches per night. Yep, I'm gonna be on vacation for most of it. I'll be, um, yeah, we'll have to talk schedule and stuff. Uh, it always happens that way. I always have this like summer vacation and then uh, with like my whole family and then I gotta like sit on my phone Man, and watch. I was in wrestling. fucking Venice, Italy couple of years ago and i watched matches on my phone true story like listen you either you, you're either a g1 fan or you're not Mm-mm. damn he caught he, he threw he, damn hold up is that a gauntlet i see that on the ground <laughs> i watched like three matches like wasted <laughs> <laughs> wasted, <laughs> wasted in my hotel room I say, Aaron's not here I fantastic I, I let's I, go i think i texted you guys like tons of typos i was like Ooh, fucking rules uh. <laughs> like this drunk motherfucker go to sleep <laughs> um but yeah uh just i mean i, I could gush about this and the, the potential for a long time and we've seen a lot of these matches before i mean um zach saber tanahashi is, is always great but um you know, Naito's in this box. We haven't seen a whole lot from him, you know, too much lately. He's always will pull out all the stops for these matches. But uh, my guy for this one, my pick for the C block is uh, Zach Sabre Jr. Uh, all right, I'll go next. Um, I agree, Bill. This is ultimately the, uh, the block of death. There's guys that have won the G1 and Tanahashi and Naito. In this block, Zach Sabre Jr., former uh, New Japan uh, Cup winner. New Japan Cup. Um, Goto, I have to always say that he rises to the occasion. Kent is in this mix. Evil will have the fuckery of House of Torture with him. Matches I'm kind of looking forward to. And I even say kind of looking forward to. Looking forward to Kenta versus Tanahashi for obvious reasons. Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. for obvious reasons. You said Goto, Hanare. Uh, anything but evil is, you know, an evil match I can do without, you know. I actually did say you, you want to watch all the matches. You can skip the evil matches. Kenta. Yeah, I was I'm getting ready to you know. <laughs> actually, all bullshit aside, the, the fact that they're both Bullet Club, I would like to see if we're going to see the same usual House of Torture bullshit, but it's probably an easily skippable match. Um, the winner of the block. Um, Who did Zach take? Zach took Zach Sabre Jr. Um, I got the sneaking suspicion we're going to take three different guys here because the block is can go – like I, I, Bill said five, I said three. I'm going to take my boy – 
he, he's not going to win the whole thing, but I think he wins this block to give the illusion that he could win the whole thing. Naito is talking about his ultimate goal is to main event Wrestle Kingdom next year. This is the last way to do it unless he defeats the champion. I don't see Okada. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't see um, Jay White and Naito crossing paths anytime soon unless they absolutely have to. This is They've the way never we- fought, right? Oh, yeah, they fought. They've, they've definitely had matches. Oh, no, I'm thinking the Osprey. Osprey Naito has, has never happened. Part of the reason why I'm pe- picking uh, Naito is that... That is it A versus B and C versus, versus D? Yeah. Okay. All right. Part of the reason why I'm taking Naito to win the C block because that match hasn't happened. And like I said, Naito's path back to the championship is to win the G1 at this point. So I'm taking Naito to win the C block. Okay. Uh, you're right. We're all three taking different people. I, I said this weeks ago when the when the blocks were announced, Zach wasn't on the show, and you and I had very early predictions. I don't think I've strayed too far away from so I'm going to stick with evil. <laughs> I, I mean. He says it with a straight face. I'm going to. St- no, I'm totally joking. I'm totally was evil joking. not one of your three guys? Not one of the three guys that I was thinking Who of. were your three guys? Naito, Sabre Jr., and Tanahashi? Yeah. I think Kenta could win it too. Um, anyway, I, I'm going to go with evil just because they don't mind pissing us off with that. I also don't mind it. Also at Dominion, I kind of started coming around on House of Torture. I was like, well, now, like, well, no, I said on the podcast, like, everybody hates them so much, but they lost. And so if you have, um, it, you, listen, you ha- it's, it doesn't hurt to have, I'm not saying Evil's going to make to the finals. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at you. Stop right. being fucking paranoid. I, I, I'm. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm. I'm a nerd. Uh, so the low-key match that I'm looking forward to is Hanare versus Zack Sabre Jr. Because mm. I like watching Zack Sabre Jr. fight anybody. And Hanare is the only fresh blood in this block. We have seen everybody in this block fight each other several times. fashion, for sure. Several times, except for Hanare. And I am looking to see the shit talking that Zack Sabre Jr. does to Hanare as, a, as fresh meat. In the G1. Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. All right. So, the D block. Now, this is the block that might be the funnest in terms of in-ring wrestling. It might not be the most, might not be the most uh, heady. It might not be the most cerebral. But it could be the most high-flying, except for Yujiro. <laughs> so, we have Osprey, El Fantasmo. Oh, shit. My phone's run out. Osprey, El Fantasmo, Juice Robinson, David Finlay, Yujiro Takahashi, Yoshihashi. I forgot Yoshihashi was even in this. And Shingo wow. Takagi. I, I know. My bad. My bad. Sorry, uh, Brett. No disrespect. Jason, I will let... I, I love Yoshihashi. <laughs> I, I already shouted him out. Uh, Jason, I will let you go first. Who are you taking? Two horse race here in the D block. Raw Spray versus Shingo. Um, I would assume that they would have that match towards the end. Yoshihashi, obviously, uh, Brett, a big fan of Yoshihashi. I think him and David Finley could have a good match. I think him and the ELP could have a good match. 
Juice Robinson versus Osprey, with with uh, will with will Osprey being the current IWGP US champion, and Juice holding the belt. That's always something to look forward to. I'm looking for Will Osprey to come back to team. Or I'm sorry, two horse race. Um, Naito versus Shingo would sound real, real interesting, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to stick to Will Ospreay to take the D-block. Yeah, I also have Will Ospreay taking the D-block. There's a, there's a few matches that uh, – I'll tell you the match that I'm really looking forward to is Shingo versus El Phantasmo. That sounds – and every Will Ospreay match. I mean, Will Ospreay, Juice Robinson, uh, Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi, those all sound like fun to me. I'm going to take Will Ospreay also. Jason – or, sorry, Zach. Yeah, I've got Will Ospreay for this block. Um, I think Will and Shingo will have another match of the year contender. I think it'll be the match of the tournament. It is, uh, I'm, I'm looking at right now. It is night 12 on August 6th. Close close to the end, but not the end. Close to the end, but not the end, yeah. But also on that night, we have Yano versus Archer. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's Archer. They they have done nothing but overachieve every single time they've been in the ring together. Uh, Really looking forward to Will and El Fantasmo also. Yes. I think that'll be a really dynamic match. Uh, And, I mean, this is a really solid block. Really the only... Uh, bummer you have is Yujiro because David Finley's a really good wrestler. I was just uh, going to say that. He's just yeah, not there as far as like dynamic personality, like star power, but the dude has got it and he's really worked hard over the pandemic to like get in shape. You know, I used to uh, you know, make the same jokes, you know, they're just made about like, you know, Chase Owens is really shitty because I'm just sitting over here like fucking uh, Leto the second, like sandworm from Dune, just like <laughs> looking like a huge piece of shit. Maybe have a dick. I don't know. Do I have a dick? Can't find it. Who knows? But um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Finley though uh, is looking great, and uh, he's a really good hand, uh, and I say that in a really good way. Um, but, uh, yeah. Him and Will Ospreay should have be... a good match. Totally. Totally. Osprey's going to have a great match with everybody. He might even pull one out the Ujiro. Uh, that's how good of a wrestler he is. For sure. I was going to say, I like the fact that you do have David Finley in this block because he's going to be the guy that's going to make other guys look good. So, yep. just to be clear, you are taking... Will Ospreay. Okay. So we all of us have A, B, and D the same. C is the only wild card that we have. Uh, that's wild. So like uh, all of our A, B, and D, like so that's interesting. So that makes it kind of cool as far as looking at. Uh, are we going to do predictions for those real quick? Yeah, like I mean, yeah, block, I mean if, they're, if they're all the same, let's go with the rest of them. Let's let's Okada versus Jay White. Go ahead, Zach. Um, I would go Jay White I'll take the Raymaker Just because I'm feeling it I'm taking Okada too I'm taking Okada So Zach has Okada Or Zach has White losing a match During the block 
Jason and I don't. No. I have Okada beating White in the semifinal. Yes. So then, you, then that would be his loss. Right. Yeah, that yeah. makes that makes total sense. Right. We they should let us book the territory. <laughs> okay. So this is where it gets interesting. I have Evil versus Will Osprey. I'm not going to take Evil. I'm taking Will Osprey. So I have Okada versus Will Osprey in the finals. Uh, Jason. Well, hang on. You have Naito versus, versus Will Ospreay. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, God, God damn it. I would take, I would take Naito. Yeah, I'm going to take him. Yep. So you're setting up an Okada, Naito. Again, final. and I'll take, well, we haven't said that part yet. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Zach. Zach Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay. Man, Zach Sabre, Zach Zack Saber Pullman has Zach th- Saber Jr. three guys in. God, what a fucking racist, man! Jesus Christ. Uh, so you have Zack Saber Jr. versus Will Ospreay. We're doing that, uh, you know, American expansionism. It's manifest destiny. Ain't this so. a bitch? Have you ever seen uh, The Last got... Samurai with Tom Cruise? You ever seen Amistad? Yes. <laughs> you know uh, I have. I say that I, have, I actually haven't. Um, you ever seen Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock? That movie fucking rules, man. Did I talk about this last week? Holy shit. That, was all fair. <laughs> that movie is fucking great. All right, Zach. Let that man make this you ever watch? You ever watch Sleepers and get a boner? That might be the worst joke I've ever said on this podcast. Um, I, should turn, so. I should turn your mic down. <laughs> That's a true uh, yeah, story, that's man. That's a true story. <laughs> that shit what? is a... sleepers. Oh, I thought you meant about the border. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was true either. It's so terrible. Oh, God. Um, I have Will Ospreay meeting Zack Sabre in a fantastic match. Uh, and I also have Will Ospreay going all the way. I think he's going to win the G1. All right. So... I also have Will Ospreay going all the way. Jason's the only one that doesn't have Will Ospreay in the finals. Okada Naido, who are you going? The reason why I don't have Will Ospreay in the finals is, is because it keeps with the Well, continuing... because he's fighting Naido. No, it keeps with the continuing... Fucking Mark. It continues... You called me a Mark it before the show. You Mark, you called me a Mark. The of Will Ospreay getting fucked over by New Japan all the time. Now, that being said... I'm taking Okada to win over Naito to win the G1. How about that? Uh, okay. <laughs> Back at this up, Greg. I'm like, yeah. All right. So Zach and I have Will Ospreay winning the G1. Uh, Jason, uh, just fucking chalk. He picked Duke. And uh, <laughs> so, okay. So I'm going to ask one more question because I saw Chris Samsa ask this question or I think Chris Samsa asked this question on Twitter a um, couple days ago when I was still on it because I'm not on uh, it. Look, I, yeah. I wasn't going to call you out, but I was thinking about it. <laughs> Two days now. 48 hours. Haven't been on Twitter. Look at you. I feel great. I feel, look at you. feel like 100 bucks. Um, who is the guy? So if they were laying out betting lines for who would win the G1. So say Okada is four to one. Say Jay White's four to one. Say Zack Saber Jr.'s eight to one. Say Great Okan is fourteen to one. Who was the guy with the least amount of odds 
the worst odds that you would just put a tiny bit of money on to win the whole thing to win the whole thing like who is the surprise guy that you would kind of put it i i kind of just gave away the ghost there mine would be great o'con like i would put a little bit of money on great o'con to win the whole thing even though i don't think that he will obviously because i didn't pick him but i could see like a, a shocker with great o'con Jeez. Um, the company is clearly behind him, is my reasoning for him. For sure. No question about it. Um, he's like saving chicks out of burning buildings and stuff. He's, right. He's, he's, his, his Instagram's on point, by the way. I wouldn't know. I'm not on social media. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker here. It's just him and a bunch of strippers all the time. It's yeah, great. right. God bless him. Um, Jonah would be the guy that would be the biggest surprise because he would have to come out the A block. Who? Jonah would be the big. To me, I would think he's like. I think Jonah's going to have a good tournament. And it wouldn't be the the end all, the be all. I, w- I would be stunned if he won the whole thing. But he's got to be. He's going to be a big guy that's going to have to wrestle Lance Archer, Cobb, Fale. Tom Lawler is going to give him some problems. Okada is Okada. I can see him, you know, slipping on the banana peel to to uh, Yano. But you'd put a little bit of money on him? for sure, uh, Zach. My son's it's crazy. Kind of, it's kind of a weird question, but you understand the question, right? Yeah, my son's crazy, but hear me out. Austin Theory. <laughs> <laughs> they find that nigga over from the United <laughs> States. I got the briefcase. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Tell me shit over here. <laughs> uh, I don't know who you're talking like, about. No, I already uh, won the briefcase. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, you, but no. oh, you mean theory. Theory. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but if it was me, uh, I cannot throw money away. So I would pick a guy who is unlikely. But I still think that he possibly could just because um, – I mean, I would not like it, but I would put it on evil. He's unlikely you to win, shit. It's but a, he could win. That's a great answer. It's a great answer. Uh, all right, guys, that was fun. I am looking forward to G1. Oh, I am yeah, looking baby. forward to discussing a month full of G1 <laughs> with my G1 boys here okay. on the BFR podcast. Say, it's going to be the bullshit at the one count, AW2 count, G1 three count for him starting this point next week for the next month. I am very much looking forward to it. That's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. All right, so there's not that much stuff to talk about. I, I, I do want to talk about the ending of Raw. About how Dolph Ziggler comes out of nowhere, sits down. I'm surprised you didn't talk about it at the very beginning. Dolph Ziggler comes out and sits out, sits down and just watches. He's in his little fucking Reservoir Dogs suit or whatever. And he sits down and watches the, the main event, which is Theory and Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley and Riddle. Theory. Good match? Yeah, good match. Of course, it's a good match. By the way... Don't want to spoil the birthdays. Bobby Lashley turns 46 this week. Bobby Lashley, is he's five years younger than Bubba Ray Dudley, who, <laughs> I mean, it's its unbelievable how good Bobby Lashley looks. It Amazing. really is. I mean, steroids is a hell of a drug. Right. But, Black uh, don't crack, by the way. Well, there's that, too. 
uh, Austin Theory goes to pin Riddle with his feet on the ropes. Ziggler, who's been sitting in front of the announce table the entire time, he hasn't, he's not on commentary or anything, pushes it off. Austin Theory turns around to him, says, what the fuck? Uh, he gets rolled up. Riddle gets the win. Ziggler comes in, super kicks Theory, and stands over Theory as the show closes. Zach, I don't know, even know if you, I don't even know if you knew this happened, but this is what happened. So I'm going to let you collect your thoughts for a minute, Jason. Theory has a match against Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. Yep, that is good deal. Yep. Theory also has been talking shit on SmackDown and Raw about how he is definitely cashing in at SummerSlam. And then Dolph Ziggler comes in and super kicks Theory. I have to say that this was an interesting end to Raw. Maybe it's because Raw hasn't had an interesting end in a long time. It has been a little bit. But this was one that really came out of nowhere and really left me thinking about it after I saw it. I was like, what, what if? Wh- well, what the fuck are they doing? Right. They're not going to have another program with Ziggler, Theory and Ziggler, in between summer, in between now and SummerSlam, right? What is the point? What do you think Ziggler's role is in this? Because I have, I have a theory. Okay, <laughs> I'll go. I'll just say it like this: When I saw it, my knee jerk reaction was like, "Okay, I don't think that it will be a successful cash in." But it shouldn't be that easy. There should be some sort of roadblock in between theory coming down to the ring and having two guys laid out after all a last man standing match. Enter Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler obviously can wrestle, former world champion, you know, probably missed his shot of being a big champion at some point due to injuries, bad booking, whatever the case may be. The bottom line to me in this one, when he went down to NXT, and I kind of rolled my eyes on that, you t- you said it right then. It's to help to get Braun Breaker over. This is the same scenario. They're bringing we him in. We did a whole extra pod after oh, we were done, and we on, got on that whole on I know, because I, I was so mad at you. <laughs> okay. I was like, record it. <laughs> this is the same thing. I don't necessarily like the fact that Theory – Oh, I shouldn't say that. I like the fact that Theory has it. I don't like the fact that Theory can just walk down to the ring after the smoke clears and cash it in. It needs to be a little hoop jumping. Dolph Ziggler is the hoop jump. Somehow, some way, maybe at uh, SummerSlam, Dolph Ziggler cuts him off. Or for the fact that they'll have promos leading up to SummerSlam, and Dolph Ziggler might not even have a match with, hopefully, might not even have a match with uh, Austin Theory. But when push comes to shove, that's when you see Dolph Ziggler cut Austin Theory off. You know, it, at least make him battle for the chance to win or to, to cash it in to win the WWE Championship. That's just my thought. It could it could easily go left. It could easily be absolutely nothing. Dolph Ziggler rides off with Austin Theory, and they could be tag team partners again. I could see that, too, because that's WWE. My knee-jerk reaction is the fact that Dolph Ziggler is there to make Austin Theory have to work to cash in the title. Zach? I mean, 
I think they'll probably just have a match at SummerSlam. I mean, it's two weeks away. Dude, I know Austin it. Theory already has a match. How many matches is Austin Theory going to have oh, to wrestle? What? What was he wrestling? At he's wrestling Bobby Lashley yeah, for the rematch for the Bobby US Lashley. title. Oh, he keeps talking about how he's gonna. At all. He's he's keeps talking about how he's gonna walk out of SummerSlam with three belts: belt. the U.S., the Universal, and the World. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that makes sense. Can um, I pre- can I present an alternate theory? Please, please do because I I got nothing. It, that seems now that you said that that sounds absolutely ridiculous. That's why this ending of Raw was so interesting to me. And I, I watched I was watching it live and I woke up the next day and I was like, Why would they have Dolph Ziggler do that? He Damn, can't, you woke up the next day talking about thinking about WWE, you better than me. That shit goes like thirty, forty five minutes afterwards. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> well, they haven't had an interest they haven't had anything interesting happen in a long time. I'm telling you, uh, like that is to You're me You're really a Dolph Ziggler mark, huh? This is what I think happens. <laughs> Answer, yes. I think, oh, shit, man. I got some shit going on. Uh, I, I got to get off the phone. I have to get off the podcast here in a little bit. Right. Um, I think that I was like, well, you could easily have Dolph Ziggler and Austin Theory have some sort of uh, – Dolph Ziggler could say, I was just like you. I was young. I won the money in the bank, and it never had. And Austin Theory can be like, "Yeah, it never happened for you," and Dolph Ziggler can be like, "Yeah, it never happened for me." No, he now casting it on, on now on Alberto. Why don't? Why don't I show you how it never happened for me? And then you have Dolph Ziggler be Austin Theory's manager, like his tough love manager. And then you have Dolph Ziggler. As Austin Theory's manager, I would agree with just that. Like, if, if Austin, just like Mr. Perfect was uh, 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 Rick Flair's manager. Rick Flair's manager. I would agree with that. If if Dolph never cashed in successfully, I would totally agree with that. That's, uh, but I mean, they're not going to have a feud, right? It could, it's a coin flip. It, it's legitimately a coin flip. Do you it, like that, though? No, I like it. I just, the only thing that I would say I personally would have a problem with it is that Dolph Ziggler cashed in successfully. Okay. That's not tough love. If he if he was like uh, Damian Sandow mm-hmm. that didn't cash in and was like, okay, Baron Corbin. this is the things I did wrong. Now, let's, you know, let's not do those things so you can cash in, you know, successfully. At that point, I'm all for it. All right. The only other thing I want to talk about is that did you guys watch the Max Dupree model? Horrible. Segment? Horrible. No. I know you wrong, loved it. Wrong, I know, are wrong, you kidding wrong, me? Wrong, really? Wrong, this is wrong, how we're going to end this? This is how we're going to end this? This is how we're going to end this? Go ahead and go. Defend so this good. bullshit. This is, this is, the, this this is the over bullshit. the top. This is the over the top sports entertainment shit that they should be doing all the time. Horrible. With Mace and Mansoor, and he calls them Masse and Mansoore, and they're doing the tennis collection. 
Zach, did you see this? Hell no. He he was the smartest motherfucker of the bunch. He didn't. He, oh he my didn't, he didn't God. waste your time. It's so I, can, I will good. answer for you, Zach. It's so <laughs> good. It's so bad. No, don't let this motherfucker. It's right to, to censor good. It's, it's, it's right it's, to censor good. Mind you, this is the same guy that was talking about how NXT was so great, and then they broke up the tag team champions last well, Tuesday. No, I didn't say right. I didn't say NXT was so great. I said NXT is. It's there are parts of it that's worth watching. Obviously, it's not. I I didn't even watch it this week. Look at you. I haven't watched it in weeks. I watch it every once in a while because my wife works on Tuesday nights and because there's so many fucking commercials during Cardinal games. Anyway. Blame the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys you guys have anything else? I, I got to make some phone calls after this. I, I Nope, we're good. <laughs> Everybody good? Everybody's good. All right. <laughs> this is banned from ringside. All right, we got some birthdays this week. Double J. J, Jeff, e? J- Jeff Jarrett, double F. I how, saw I saw the other Jeff how, Jarrett the other day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pissed at me because I didn't go to the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club show on Sunday night. How old do you think Jeff Jarrett is? The real one. Uh, I am X, so he 59. has to be, he has to be seven years older than me. Fifty three. Fifty five. Mm. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley is fifty one. Heath Slater. He's got kids. I hope he's doing okay. He's 39. He's still employed. He's, he's Jesse, good the body of Ventura, is 71. Boogeyman, who is now the head of Judgment Day, is 58. Uh, Bobby Lashley is 46. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He looks so spectacular. Uh, Excalibur is younger than me. He's 42. Just turned 42. Mojo oh, Raleigh. Hope that motherfucker is doing fine. Yeah, he's uh, on uh, TMZ Sports. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, good. I just figured he was banging Rob Gronkowski shrapnel. Uh, he's 36. Uh, Al, Al Snow is 59. Joey Mercury is 43. Mandy Rose is 31. Oh, my God. Mandy Rose is 31. Karrion Cross is 37. Jinder Mahal is 36. And Adam Rose. You guys remember Adam Rose? Oh, yeah. He's 43. From NXT. Yeah. <laughs> Super creepy hippie. Yeah. I liked it. Of course you did. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. For Vice, check. For Joey O'Farrell, check. for Murray the Murray Man Murray, check. for Patriot Pat, check. for High Five Time on uh, Wrestling Warrior Savior, for High Five Time, double check. For Shock City Studios, <laughs> check. Uh, for Two Beer Zach Ballman, double for check. Jason Gunnarius, single check. Tip or support your local restaurant, check. support your local weed dealers, Black Lives Matter, Triple and check. Boo the Heels. Boo, bitch! <laughs>